Hello, hello. Welcome to Killer Casting. Oh my goodness. Good Lordy Lou. Dean, we are in our post Oscar stupor um, yeah. debriefing. We, if our listeners know, we just did a three episode run up to the Oscars. Now, I normally hate the Oscars. <laughs> And I've not watched them for several years. And just when I go back, the shit goes down. I am. Um, first of all, I want to say I've been campaigning for Troy Kotzer to win <laughs> the Academy Award since I saw Coda in August. I started the hashtag Oscar for Troy. And he didn't even thank me last night. What is that, Dean? He didn't even thank me. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I'm so over the moon that he won in that Coda won. And uh, regular, so many- regular listeners will know it's true. She, uh, Lisa has been campaigning. She started the hashtag Oscar for Troy way back when we first reviewed Coda last year. And so, uh, you know, it is, it's it's appalling that they didn't thank you at all, yeah. Lisa. We should get, a, we got to start a movement for that. Look, there's so many things that I'm going to elevate, um, but I have two guests with us who I know don't have a lot of time. So we're going to get right into what everybody has been talking about. Joining me today is a woman who is so extraordinary, so powerful. She is so dynamic. Um, I mean, if you want any advice about Hollywood, you would go to this lady. She's a former big time agent, big time manager, studio executive. I mean, there isn't any job that she hasn't done, but right now she's a mentor and master teacher uh, for many, many actors in Hollywood, please welcome Wendy Elaine Wright. Hey, girl. Hey. <laughs> Good to be here, Lisa. Um, and Good next, it is my absolute pleasure to introduce to you a, an artist, a writer, a director, a producer who's won many accolades. I was so lucky out of anybody he could have chosen. He <laughs> chose me to cast his beautiful film, that we that we are working on for Netflix, which is in fact shooting very shortly. Yeah. Please yeah. welcome David Fortune. Oh my gosh! Pleasure, pleasure. It's a welcome pleasure. David. So I'm going to get right into it, guys, because Dean and I can blab about what people were wearing and all the other things we want to talk about. But the big on, you, can, of- you can do that. I can't yeah. do that. Exactly. Just the net. So I wanted to just get your reactions. Um, I was watching the Oscars and Chris Rock came out. And hey, if a comedian of his caliber is going to come out, you know that it's going to be a toast and a roast, right? He's <laughs> going to be telling some jokes at people's expense. Yeah. That's yep. that's the price of the ticket for these things, right? And he mm. comes out and it looks like he's sort of uh, vamping a little bit. He might be ad-libbing a little bit. And he tells a, no matter how you look at it, a not funny joke at the expense of Jada Pinkett Smith. And stuff happened. And I was so confused because I, first of all, I didn't understand the joke. I didn't, I thought maybe I didn't hear it correctly. So I didn't understand what it was. And then I thought, oh, this is a bit, this is a skit that Will Smith is getting out of his chair and going up and they're going to do something. And so I was so confused. And then of course there was a physical altercation. Chris Rock takes it, doesn't hit back, doesn't leave the stage, just stands there in shock. And there was words exchanged. Now in America, they were all bleeped out. Um, Dean actually heard everything and he sent me the, the ripped audio right away. Um, I shouldn't be laughing. It's, it's really not funny. And I don't mean to be laughing. It's so absurd. And I was completely shocked. And then I was even more shocked by the acceptance speech that Will Smith gave, which I thought almost was 
as upsetting to me, weirdly watching him. But what did you guys think? Wendy sitting in Mexico on your, on your lanai or wherever you are. Um, what did you think? Well, I never watch the Oscars because I think they go on and on and on and on. I just like to tune in and see who won. But I tuned in last night (laughs) and you have to laugh at the stupidity. Sometimes you have to laugh at the insanity of it all, because this was the most obnoxious behavior from Will Smith that could. I mean, Mm. this rock is hired to say sarcastic things. That's what he does for a living. That's why they bring people like Ricky Gervais or Chris Rock to host the you know, television shows, because you never know what's going to come out of their mouth. But to get up on stage and slap somebody because you don't like what they said is the most asinine thing I have ever seen on television and mm-hmm. disgrace for I, I mean, I'm just I'm disgusted by him. I don't know what what you guys think, but I just think it's disgusting. David. Yeah, I have a million um, why, which we can talk about, <laughs> but I'm curious what David thinks about it. Uh, I, I come from uh, so you guys had the opportunity to watch the Oscars. I came from the perspective of seeing it hit social media, hmm. um, and word of mouth because I wasn't really I'm like like you guys, not really big on the Oscars. I like to just see who wins or whatnot, and then kind of just cheer them on and whatnot. Um, but I was actually on the phone with my friend, and she was like, "Oh God." <laughs> and I was like, what's happening? We're having an in-depth conversation, a real deep personal conversation. And she just says, oh, God, I just got a, a video message from my sister. And I was like, what is it? And she was like, Will Smith just punched Chris Rock. Punched. You know, when you see the video, you learn as a slap. But it looked like a punch. When he mm-hmm. caught back and swung, it's like, oh, he really caught back and hit this guy. <laughs> um, and the video, the first video I watched actually was without the beeps. Or the bloopers. It was just straight Will Smith cussing full on fledge. And the first thing I thought was as a black male, I didn't like that image of a black man striking another black man. Yes. You know, that's that's something I was like, ooh, you know, the last thing I need for our brothers mm-hmm. is to show that image, mm-hmm. right? Because there's so many things that's already going against us that I didn't want to perpetuate that idea of us as violent or aggressors, mm-hmm. um, but more so as, as, you know, human beings, right? But with that said, what comes with the human condition is, hey, sometimes we react rather than respond. Yeah. And that's something my therapist always teaches me or she tries to instill into me is, David, learn how to respond versus react. And I think Will Smith had a human moment where he re- he reacted mm-hmm. to whatever, you know, he felt that was attack against his wife. Mm-hmm. Um, and to just take it a little step further is that I agree with you that there's so many ways to handle that situation. Mm-hmm. So many different routes. But, you know, we don't know what the condition that Will Smith is dealing with with Jada. We don't know how many tears they're shedding behind those closed doors to where that might be a wound. So I don't agree with the action, but sometimes just because you don't agree with something doesn't mean you can't understand it. I agree. Yeah. I think you're totally right about that. We don't know what they're personally dealing with, but you know what? The Oscars is not the place to be rehashing and hashing that out on television of millions of people around the world. It's a show to celebrate the success and the the performances of amazing creative artists. It's not a place to be dishing out your personal emotions. And obviously Will is dealing with something and had a massive overreaction. 
Yeah. Because you can't just go slapping. I mean, I thought about it this morning. I woke up and I said, if I slapped everybody that said the wrong thing, I would, my hand would fall off. I would be <laughs> slapping people all day. Long. People would be slapping each other everywhere. <laughs> the thing is with yeah. hitting somebody, it could escalate. So yeah. if, you know, the fact that Chris Rock stood there just in shock instead of knocking Will out, and then that could have turned into an all out brawl. Yeah. You know, they started hitting each other back and forth that other people would have jumped in and it can totally escalate. And if you do that on the street with people you don't know, that could end up in murder and violence. You know, you don't know you're standing out somewhere and someone says something obnoxious to you and you slap them and then they pull out a gun and shoot you. It's like, and also you can't teach children the way to solve problems is to slap people. You, you, because you're, you're 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 not teaching them how to deal with situations without the violence, and violence always brings more violence, you know. So I think that Will is, I personally think he should be arrested for freaking assault, and he should um, spend a couple nights in jail and think about his actions, and be and be sentenced to like twenty six weeks of anger management because he needs it right now. Dean, what do you think? I have a slightly different take on this because I was watching it very, very closely at the time. This is one of the few Oscars that I've actually watched live because it starts at 11 a.m. on a Monday here and finishes around 1 p.m. So I've rarely got time to sit down and, uh, and you know, and watch the whole thing. This time I did. So I was watching with intent and I have a theory about how this went down because I was, I've been a huge fan of the show Lie to Me. Do you remember that TV series starring Tim Roth? And it was all about micro expressions and, you know, how people's facial expressions yeah. and so on. And that had a big influence on me, not because of what the acting that Tim, although it was a great show, well acted and well written, but they would often cut then to real life examples uh, to buttress the, the writing to say, these are the, this is the face of shame, right? And they would go to, you know, Paul Ryan, flash, 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 Tiger Woods, flash, 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 and all this stuff. And you went, yeah, that's actually what it looks like. So when this happened, Chris dropped the line and there's a camera sitting 45 degrees off to the right-hand side of Will Smith. So we're seeing Will's reaction. We can see all of his face, but for in a slight profile. And in the background is Jada. Yeah. Uh, Will is laughing. Will is yeah. smiling. And Jada's face is instantly like thunder. She is instantly furious at this but will's line of sight to um to chris means that he can't see jada and 10 seconds later he's striding on stage and smashing chris yeah i can only suppose because i haven't bothered to read anything about what happened in the background and what 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 may or may not be known but i suspect he either turned and looked at jada or she or she said to him are you gonna let him say that or i don't know what was said but something changed his whole bearing from haha yeah that's a funny line into i'm going to walk up in front of a billion people and smack this guy in the face and i don't think it was anger i think when he turned and looked at jada and saw and that he was having an inappropriate what he maybe deemed to be an inappropriate reaction to that i think that was guilt and i think it maybe was shame not anger in reaction mm. to seeing her and him having the same reaction as the audience and then turning and going oh shit she's really upset now I have to do something. I think it was, it may have been something oh like gosh. that. That was my take on it anyway. I think something, tri tri you know, was triggered in him because mm. I did see that same thing. I think we all saw 
him smiling when the joke first came out. Of course, remember, they're actors, so you don't know what part of any of this is. But when we looked at him, he was laughing with Chris Rock about the joke, and then Jada was not laughing. So that obviously, whatever's going on between them, he had to prove something at that moment and get on stage and stand up for her. He felt he did. He felt he he had to prove. And it's a difference, right? But yeah. do you think there might have been a miscommunication that she, you know, Will Smith thought at first the joke was, oh, you know, she's got a shaved, you know, he's making a joke at her fashion of mm-hmm. how she wore her hair that night. But Jade is taking it. He's making fun of my alopecia diagnosis. So for those of you who don't know, you know, she has been very public and I'm really glad because I had alopecia twice in my life that she's got alopecia areata, which which, by the way, Wendy, you probably know this, 50% of African-Americans suffer, African-American women suffer from alopecia, especially a certain kind of alopecia that I didn't have, but it's like attention alopecia, which comes from wearing your hair in braids and trying to, yeah. you know, have, yeah. um, you know, all this pressure. And then the stress-related to- alopecia. Yes. Yeah, mass exactly. Of so mm-hmm. if Jada is thinking that Chris Rock is making a joke at her alopecia, you know, at her offense and then will smith realizes it again none of us here think it's okay to get up and smack someone across the face but i wanted to read you part of his autobiography which he just put out in 2021 i don't know if either of you have read it Uh, if you can just bear with me for a second to read it Mm -hmm. when he was nine years when i was nine years old i watched my father punch my mother in the side of the head so hard she collapsed i saw her spit blood that moment in the bedroom, probably more than any other moment defined who I am. Mm. With everything I have done since then, the awards, the accolades, the characters, the laugh, there's been a subtle string of apologies to my mother for my inaction that day, for wow. failing her in that moment, for failing mm. to stand up to my father, for being a coward. What you mm. have to understand is Will Smith, this alien annihilating bigger than life movie star, is a carefully crafted and honed character designed to protect myself, to hide myself from the world, to hide the coward. Mm. You know, when you, when you hear that, it doesn't excuse anything, but wow, what a burden Mm. to be. It it, it does Lisa. It does. And yet, and I agree. And yesterday I agree with, I agree with that because I read that as well. And I'm even, even during the speech, I could see he was talking, you know, he was crying genuine tears, right? They were, they weren't crocodile tears. That was him really upset and trying to put context around that. And obviously whatever Oscars, (laughs) whatever winner speech he had written and cribbed inside of his jacket, that went out the window, right? (laughs) So that was total improv, right? Relating to what happened happened fair enough and and what you say is true however i was reading today um on the guardian there was a there's a terrific piece and i'm going to put it in the show notes um and it's uh it's by a guy called joseph harker who's a a a, a black uh, english guy and he in it he was he he says what and i'll quote him what a self-serving display quote to uh, to protect in in air quotes does not mean to slap someone on their behalf this attempt to give violence a bogus morality is the heart of so much crime. Morgues are filled with victims of this kind of protection. Mm-hmm. And 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 I, so there's a counterpoint, right, to that going, yeah, he was genuinely upset. Yes, he might have that in his background. But, you know, uh, how many of us know somebody who's gone, you know, I'm, I'm going to do this and cloak it. And, you know, it was like God is speaking to me and I'm doing this to protect my family and blah, 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 blah. 
It all sounds like self-serving justification to me. Absolutely. He was yeah. also, I think he's coming off of a role where he was playing this over, this very dominant, protective mm. father. And, and maybe he's adapted or some of that has been brought out in him because of playing that role. But it doesn't really matter the why. I, I mean, we can look at the why. Maybe, uh, you know, maybe Chris Rock knew damn well she had alopecia and he was doing a dig. Um, because I think some people think that, that he already knew that, Mm. um, and whatever the reason is though. And and also I saw Tiffany Haddish said something like it was, it was the happiest moment of her life watching him stand up for Jada. And I thought, you know, black men can stand up for their women in other ways. Mm. (laughs) People Mm. is not the one I would suggest. Yeah. Um, because I think we all in court that he is wrong. Yeah. Right. It's like, I think. And I think that's something I find that is similar within everything that we're given. So it's like, well, what's the root of this, mm-hmm. right? And so, yeah, yes, exactly. the why is important because the why helps us explain, like, how do we prevent this moving forward and understanding what people are dealing with internally, mm-hmm. right? So even when Will going up to attack, you know, um, Chris Rock, that was, you know, and yes, it's not right. But it is true that is rooted into his internal pain growing up as a kid yeah. and growing up feeling like he needs to protect. So when he had that laughing moment to himself in that profile shot and he looked at Jada and saw the pain in, his, in her face, he probably saw his mom. Ugh, yeah. Yeah. Sure you're right, and that's where it goes. The difference between responding mm-hmm. and reacting. And in that moment, he didn't respond because the perfect response is, don't worry, I'm going to take care of you when... When you get off the stage, mm. when this award show is over, me, you're going to talk like men. Mm. You know, we're going to hash it out other ways. That's the that's a perfect response to that situation. Yeah, I'm going to handle you later. You're but right. the reaction was, I saw my mom. I saw that blood spinning out her mouth. I saw her head hitting that floor. Mm. I'm on red. I'm walking up. Mm. And again, I don't agree. Because right. that's well, not the way, that's not the standard. Even for Will Smith. To who so many people follow him. That's not the standard. Oh, yeah. But I do understand because it comes from rooted trauma. And now our question is, like, how do we prevent this? How, what are ways to stop it from happening? Because you don't want, because there's, there's not going to be the first or the last time somebody's going to crack a joke that might offend someone. Mm. Exactly, and that might hit a deeper wound. What, what do we need? We, we, we need a pit now, you know, like a like a rock so it's show. Like, do we need an we audience expect, pit to stop this? You know, <laughs> because we can't expect comedians to stop making jokes because that's the, mm. that's that's their job. So yep. it's like, all right, in in situations, how was Will Smith able to walk on that stage and land that mm. hit? Yeah, you know, you know, you, well, you know why, David? Could because because something that might his wife. That that maybe there's a history of him not standing up for her or something snapped, you know, where they've yeah. been having an argument. Sometimes couples get into an argument that's a loop that goes around and around and around. And if the loop has been, you know, you don't you don't stand up for me and you don't this or you don't that, uh, and that's a theme in his life. Because usually mm. when you have a crisis, it's a theme. Maybe it happened in his childhood, then maybe it yeah. happened again in marriage and then maybe he just lost it and decided to stand up for her at that moment and that was the accumulation of all the times he didn't stand up i don't know Mm. it doesn't defend what he did but it does i'm very very concerned always and interested always in why people do the behaviors that they do it fascinates Mm. 
Yeah, well, she, uh, you, you know, people have spoken about the history between them, that uh, there have been times elsewhere where, you know, uh, where Chris has dissed them, uh, it is him or her or them both. And after the point where uh, she, he, um, oh, my dogs are going nuts out on the balcony. We must be getting a delivery. Um, <laughs> that uh, that uh, when he was talking about how, you know, Will got paid 25 million, you know, oh, it's a disgrace he got paid 20 million for Wild Wild West and, you know, about Rihanna and, and the uh, Rihanna's oh, yeah, yeah. and whatever. A lot of all that stuff. Now, Jada herself said, "A quote: Hey, look, it comes with the territory. We got to keep it moving. We got we got to handle a lot of stuff. It's going on in our world right now. We just got to keep moving." So he could have taken that approach, right? He could have mm-hmm. done what Jada did, but he didn't. He chose something else. And David, you said, you know, h- how did he get up on stage like that? Well, you know, he was seated in the first row, right? Mm-hmm. So it was a short walk for him to be there. But can I ask? What sense, like it's the Oscars, you know, that there are a billion people watching. What sense of entitlement do you have to have as an individual that you are going to, that you're going to just step up in front of this entire massive show and like it's your backyard and you're having mm-hmm. a barbecue and someone just said something, you know, offhand and, and, and dissed your wife, like, and oh, mm-hmm. hey, I'm going to grab you by the shirt and say, how dare you? That's, That's what I don't understand. Like, how did he lose boggles. perspective of where he was, right. of, of what that whole event was about? How did it turn into two men, you know, one-upping each other over some mm-hmm. issue? I don't know. It's He totally forgot he was at the Oscars. Well, that's he, no, yeah, no, no, no. I don't think he cared. I think he he says he's not thinking it, but in his default position is, well, I'm going to react like this. I'm Will Smith, and I'm here for best mm. actor. You know, so what? Deal with it. I don't care if you're the president of the United States or whatever. Mm. You don't just get to do whatever you want to do when mm. you have a feeling. And if it sounds, yeah. it seems like he does not have his feelings in check. Yeah, yeah. I think. And- the, 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 sorry, just to, I'll, I'll finish off. But the last thing I want to quote from that great article uh, from uh, from Joseph Harker said is this is the final paragraph. I'm sad that at the pinnacle of his career, Smith has trashed his own reputation. Here's the last sentence. I'm sadder still. Uh, in their own moment of glory, he also chose to taint the Williams family as well. And let's not forget that. Right. That was also their moment. Yes. Wiped. Wiped. So yeah. self because of ego or whatever. Yeah. Self-serving behavior. So where I live, one minute it's raining and the next minute it's 80 degrees and the trees and plants in my yard start going crazy, which makes my nose, throat and eyes go crazy with all the pollen. But luckily for me, I have gotten relief from the good folks at Plantiva and their natural proprietary formulation of herbal extracts called Allerdx. I mean, I was sneezing and sniffling about to go into a Zoom meeting but I took an Allerdx and in 10 minutes, I had immediate relief. I mean, it was really something. So Plantiva is a family-run business and I have had the pleasure of meeting the Morrisseys, Dr. Steven and his wife, Jenny. And let me tell you, they are the real deal. I am really enjoying the products that they've had me sample. So you can try them yourself. Go to plantiva.com slash killercasting for your exclusive discount code. should have been an amazing moment first of all he's one of very few black men have ever won the oscar this this is literally an, an, another historic moment and he goes ahead and does this on his night this is an incredibly important night plus the movie is about 
empowering these just beautiful black family, empowering these two amazing black women who go on to achieve incredible success. And to have this whole thing tainted by whatever this was, it's a, it's mm-hmm. a shame, honestly, it's a shame. Yeah. David? Yeah, I think for like, that's kind of the bigger point of like this night that's kind of lost, but I don't want people to think that this would forever be a mark and that he would never recover from this moment because we, we've seen people bounce back from worse, right? Like, and we live in a generation of social media where things will be the highest moment at that day. And then guess what? There's going to be another moment that's going to surpass this. That's going to be like, oh my gosh, this person did this. Oh my gosh, this person did this. It's, it's going, I feel like it comes in waves, like the seed. Another big moment is going to come and surpass it. And it's going to be the next big social media thing. And I don't think that Will Smith is going to not work again in Hollywood or he's never going to get his next big. I, I just don't believe so much into that. But I do believe that that night or what happened yesterday, it did lose the steam when it comes to the celebration of the Williams sisters and their father's legacy. Um, because now the attention isn't like, oh, the work that Richard Williams made or, or you know, had with his daughters is now kind of like, in the background versus like this slap that has happened. I do want to address the point of him thinking selfish within himself. Sometimes when you're emotional, you're not thinking logically about I'm at the Academy Awards. I'm being celebrated. When you're emotional, you're in red. And those and the idea of like, these kids are looking up to me. I'm Richard Wynn. Those aren't going through your brain. Like I mentioned, when he looked at Jada, he saw his mom. He didn't see Wild Wild West making, you know, earning 20 million on that. He didn't think about Pursuit of Happiness. He didn't think of I Am Legend. He saw his mom in the paint and he reacted towards that. And again, just because he did that and I may understand it doesn't mean I necessarily agree with it because I do think there's ways to handle this situation. Right now, I'm so grossed out by his behavior. I don't know if I can look at him the same. I feel just, I feel like you know, I, I, I'm just tired of Will Smith's arrogance and his behavior, his attitude. And it, it's not just this thing. I mean, I, I feel like, I don't know, this whole back and forth argument between him and Jada and their monogamy and then him feeling like he was cheated on, but then it was actually a part of the agreement. It just seems like people are just throwing their personal business all in the street now in a way that. I don't know. Is it really necessary? Is it necessary that we know what everybody's agreements are about their bedroom behavior and how much of that has spread? How much of this was about Jada's affair, about his anger, his anger about it or his inability to prevent that? Or like, I just feel like it doesn't even matter what all their personal reasons are. I don't see Sidney Poitier acting like this. I don't feel like some of the great actors of our time would behave in this way. David, two things I wanted to ask you, your opinion. One thing I wanted to say, Will Smith, somebody is so beloved, so long in this business. He's been in this business since he was a kid, you know, through ups and downs. And and like you were alluding to, Wendy, this feels like it's something else that is that is colliding in him in this moment because it's just so strange to me that he would he would lose perspective as you said david like this and see only red but i wanted to ask you something 
During his acceptance speech, Will Smith said that Denzel Washington came up to him and said, at your highest moment, be careful. That's when the devil comes for you. Who do you think is the devil in this situation? So for me, I I come from a Christian background. Uh, my mom was a minister. My sister, she's a preacher. Um, I used to sometimes give sermons when my mom couldn't or wasn't able to. Um, so there's a lot of spirituality that comes with that because Denzel Washington himself um, is a, he's maybe not official minister, but he does come from the spiritual background where he does believe in God and he does empower through biblical messages as well. And so the term of like, that's when the devil comes from you. The devil could be in the forms of, uh, it could be in the forms of addiction. It could be in the form of distraction. It could be in the form of people distracting you to fulfilling the purpose that, you know, maybe God has for your life. And so in this moment, and that was in that spiritual quote, it was just more of a, hey, in your greatest moment, as you representing God and the people that you represent and love people that you have, and the people that you kind of carry with you, that's when the most distractions will come towards your life and distract you in other ways to knock you off. It's more of a spiritual quote than something that's literal. Like, it's not more like demons are going to attack you, but we always say the devil knows your weak spot. You know, the devil knows the things that would tick you off. And what uh, Wendy was mentioning that there's something greater that he's dealing with in the spiritual realm that Denzel was talking about. The devil knew like, Hey, whatever that you're dealing with your wife is really bothering you. And that stems from the red table talk when Jada about her, um, what was entanglement? situation entanglement yeah you know she fell in love with somebody else and told everyone publicly about it yeah and so it's like so those wounds are trying to like show to the surface and those wounds are probably affecting him right and so now you have a situation where not only was jada attacked you know last night but she was kind of attacked by well not attacked but referenced by chris rock in a war show yeah. couple years back. Yeah, for sure. This is not a grave offense. I mean, it's not like he's reacting this way over something incredibly deep and there's no violence. He wasn't standing up for her for that. I understand what you're saying about, you know, historical things and maybe he didn't stand up for his mother, but what child could at that young age even mm. think to take down that responsibility and feeling guilty is different than actually being in the position to have done anything about it. He was just a kid and, and it wasn't his responsibility to, to do something about it per se. But this was a, a, a dig about a hair, about a skin, an autoimmune disorder that causes your hair to fall out of your body. This was not like a diss of, uh, this is not a grave diss. I mean, this is it's not it's like it's the worst. It's not cancer. She's, she's not in terminal cancer. Can so- I say- She's quick. she's not. This is not because of terminal cancer. Exactly. Yeah. It's, it's alopecia. Like, you know, she has a condition where her hair is falling out. It's not fun, so she decided to shave her head, and that's what GI Jane the role is about. The what? Not about that, but the woman shaves her head. The joke in itself was really not that big a deal. Mental health of Will uh, Smith, and yes, his, his uh, mental health has issues right now. Yes, and. Yes, he has issues, but like the rest of us. And we all have wounds. If somebody touched that wound, we will all turn red, right? 
We all have certain things that if you say, if you just turn the right angle and you hit it at the wrong time and say with the wrong tone, you will react. And that's something that's that's just a human experience. Again, I'm not I'm not accepting what Will Smith's action was as correct. Um, but I do come from a place that there are certain human interactions that we have that really affects how we react. But to go to the point of alopecia, and granted, it's not cancer, it's not a terminal illness, but we don't know how people accept that and take it in, right? Some people might deal with the situation and and maybe it might be small, but that might have a greater impact on their emotional stability. Here, what is listen? There's too much. I just feel, and this is with all due respect, because I mean, David, obviously, but I just feel like we cannot. Uh, there's no excuse. There's no excuse for his behavior or for what he did. He, he, we can we can understand it a million times for a lot of different reasons. But the bottom line is, he is a public figure. He's on a stage in front of billions of people. There are children that look up to him. There are people watching him all over the world, and he had no self control. He had no self-control because he uh, is having some emotional crisis that and personal situation in whatever's triggering him to get up there and act like an idiot in front of millions of people and step completely out of bounds. It break the law. First of all, we haven't even talked about it. it's illegal. It's called assault. I mean, you go to jail for that stuff. So the fact that he he was oblivious to where he was, that he overreacted to what was happening, that he created a he committed a crime. There's no excuse for any of that. He could have shut his mouth. And this is not his mother being beaten to death or whatever or beaten bloody. He could have shut his mouth. And at the end of that said, Chris, you know what? Keep your keep my wife's name out of your fucking mouth. And go yeah. apologize to her right now because you hurt her and this is not acceptable. He should have handled it in, in my opinion, in that way, not the way he did. There's no we talk about we could talk about the way that how he should have handled it. And we all agree that it was wrong, right? But for me, I'm trying to get to a point is okay, well, how do we now how do we now help this situation, right? Because we saw a man who didn't know how to control his emotions, right? We learning about him. We're now, I didn't know about the trauma with his uh, mother. So now we're learning a man who dealing with traumatic issues, mm-hmm. right? So we could, com- we could condemn him all day long, right? But that doesn't really move the needle because we all agree with it. But now how do we help with people who has emotional instability, right? Yeah. Now, how, how much money you have, right? Because that yeah. just shows no matter how much money you have, no matter how much fame you're given, that you still could be emotionally emotionally unstable. Mm-hmm. And so what do we do with that with that information? Now, how do we move forward? Now that we all agree that what he did was wrong, now that we all agree that everything he did was selfish, now it's like, all right, well, what we do about mental health issue with people who are still dealing with emotional trauma from childhood? You know, because I'm still doing that's a great point. I think that's a great point that when that we don't deal well enough with mental health issues in this country or maybe in the world at all anyway. I mean, we just like ignore people's mental health issues and throw them out on the street and let them fend for themselves. And and that's not an acceptable way of dealing with it either. So, I mean, sometimes you can't catch people's mental health issues before they go off and do something really deadly or dangerous. Like you see with like shoot ups in, in high schools and elementary schools where kids are having mental health issues and running around taking it out in forms of aggression because we don't catch it early on or we don't notice it's happening or maybe it's not a conversation that people are having. People need to maybe speak more clearly about it. Obviously what you just said, 
the fact that he's wealthy, successful, um, has a fantastic career, tons of money, doesn't preclude him from being human and doesn't preclude him from having human reactions rather than responses. So but I don't I, want, I hope that the conversation, because obviously this, this is being talked about now by people all over the world. So it's interesting yeah. that it's now in people's mouths talking about violence or, you know, mental health and, and what do we do about controlling our temper? And is this the right thing to train, to teach people? And that's a pretty cool thing that that's being talked about. Yeah. One thing I wanted to, last thing I want to ask you, David, and I'll have, let David have the last word. One thing that struck me that scared me a little bit in his speech, and this is just triggering to me because of some of the other work that I do, but he said, love will make you do crazy things. He would say, I, I look like a crazy father, just like they said about Richard Williams, but love will make you do crazy things. That is an incredibly, incredibly dangerous Thing mm. to think to think yeah. to take in and internalize what do you think yeah um he's misinterpreting what love is. and love from what i was i was taught is like love is kind love is gentle love is forgiving love gives grace love is not always easy to do those actions but i don't believe that love causes you to do crazy things and i think that is a that's irresponsible on his end because now that gives people excuse right to now use that statement that okay love is like i hit my i hit my significant other because i love her and i don't want to blah 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 or i did this because i did it out of love and it ended up harming someone else there's i always believe that love the purity to it and i don't equate crazy and love in the same sentence for the same universe yeah. um those are two separate spaces so if we want to talk about what he did and why he did it you know, there's there's that debate, but when it comes to use of love, making me do something, right? I don't think he did that out of love. I did. I think he made that um, action out of pain and wounds. And well, you, should have, he should have referred. I'm, maybe that wasn't the space to say that, but that should have been where that stand was. Like, I did this, and not to say he should say this, but I did this out of my pain and trauma. And fear. Exactly, fear. Rather than, oh, I love my wife because it goes so much deeper than quote unquote love. Well, you know who I love? I love you, David Fortune. And <laughs> I loved working with you. And I am so proud of the the project that you're about to go film with our dear. Can we even say? Can we say who it is? I don't know. Maybe we shouldn't. We shouldn't say. But we found the best actors <laughs> who have the spirit and the love and i can't wait i know that david has to go because he is on a scout in the rain um but wendy i hope you can stay on so we can talk about the rest of the show the more uplifting part of the show david i love you and i can't wait to come visit set if you will allow me to <laughs> just need to take a covid test just need to take a COVID oh, right, test. Right, 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 right. <laughs> got it got it got it okay honey i love you guys thank you guys so much i really Good to see you david have fun shooting Yes, nice to meet you, David. Take care. Okay, bye-bye. Um, so, okay, Wend. Well, All right, good. Well, I'm so glad that you had me on today. This was so fun, and I'm me. glad to see you. 
oh my God. And I love your hot takes and I love your fire and your spirit. And you'll have to come back anytime to talk about anything you want. I'm always wanting to talk to people about what they're watching, what, what, you know, TV shows they're passionate about and going crazy about. Oh, we can't. Well, we, at least we can't let it get away without without at least that. Wendy, come on. Yeah, what's Wendy, been, what are you what's watching? What's been grabbing your eyeballs lately? What have okay. you been binging on? What's obsessing? What What are you loving lately? All right. Well, I I love television like uh, like I like air. <laughs> I love television. So much. <laughs> and um, right now, I just finished watching Ozark. And oh. I have not watched it at first because when I first watched the first episode, it was dark. And I thought, oh, it's, it's filmed dark. It's the scenery's dark. Everything is dark. And I just didn't uh-huh. want to. And then my brother said, you've got to watch it. It's the most incredible writing, the character development. You just have to watch it. And I was like, eh. so he was on me for like a month. And so I finally gave in and I started watching it. And I binged watched the entire four seasons. Yep. And I think it's one of the greatest. It's so well written. It is mm. so well acted. I mean, yep. it is one of the greatest shows I've ever seen. It's so incredible. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah I, it's great. And do you, do you know Jason directed 10 of the first 12? Yes. Hits? And he directed the first yeah, one. As well as being right in it. So let's wow. have you back to talk about Ozark because I'm going to have on Molly Leland, mm. who was in the pilot. And she, spoiler alert, gets like shot a bazillion times in the pilot. So she's going to be on to help us talk about the end of this series. So we will have you on, Miss. Have you on then? That's so friggin' great, that show, isn't it? Yep. Mm. All right. We'll say goodbye to you for now. This is See you guys later. Thank you for having me. It was great to see you, Dean. Lovely to meet you, Wendy. Okay, bye. Bye. Well, that was an incredible conversation. I'm so glad I had Wendy and David on and so great for your feedback and your input too. Dean, as always, you're my wingman. That's uh, that's what we do, Lise. That's what we do. It's, <laughs> okay. but it's, it's, it's always great to get, ex- I mean, you know, we can do stuff on our own, but it's just like this conversation just goes to illustrate that when you get three or four perspectives that you just get that much more out of it because you know no matter what our take on it is someone's always going to see it through a different lens and uh so hopefully viewers have been viewers <laughs> hopefully <laughs> listeners have enjoyed uh that conversation and all those perspectives on what was going to go down in history as one of those moments in oscars absolutely all right well i'm sure we have much more to discuss the next time but for now this is real crime po- oh fuck me but for now I did it like on Real Crime Profile. I did it the other way. I did. Anyway, but for now, this is Killer Casting signing off. Killer Casting is a concept created by her, Lisa Zambetti. It is produced by me, Dean Laffin. Logo art by my beautiful wife, April Laffin. Audio editing by him, Sean at Choice Voice productions.com and our theme music we are beautiful comes from them that would be hollywood legends amphibious zoo music until next time killer casting out